Welcome to We Got Goals, a podcast on which we talk to high achievers about their goals. I'm Kristen Guile, the Chief Content Editor at AsweatLife.com, and in today's special episode, you'll hear from one of the keynote sessions at our Sweat Working Summit back in February. This session is with Liz Hernandez. Liz is a Mexican-American Emmy-nominated television personality and journalist, and she's created a community that encourages you to create the life that you want with the power of your words. In this uh, special session, she did a special wordful workshop for our attendees in which she has created a new form of storytelling that she hopes will encourage and connect you to the power of your words. She believes that we can create new realities for ourselves by changing our internal and external dialogue, ones that support more meaningful relationships in our lives. Enjoy the workshop, and we'll see you next week. So Liz Hernandez is the founder and creator of Wordiful, and she is a Mexican-American Emmy-nominated television personality and journalist. Uh, as a former radio host and an entertainment reporter for Access Hollywood, E! News, and MTV, her career has been built on words, but no chapter has been more meaningful to her than the one she is currently living with Wordiful, which is a video and live event series that focuses on the importance of how we communicate with others and ourselves. So through Wordiful, she's created a new form of storytelling that she hopes will encourage and connect us to the power of words. Uh, we can create new realities for ourselves by changing our internal and external dialogue, and those dialogues can support much more meaningful relationships and lives. So what we're about to do, she is going to facilitate a signature Wordiful workshop. Uh, so be ready to participate, be ready to uh, open yourselves up to new ways of thinking about yourselves. And without further ado, I'm going to hand it over to Liz. Thank you, Kristen. What a nice introduction. Hi, everybody. It is so nice to be here uh, on a Saturday. And I love digging into one of my favorite and most important topics, and that's self-talk. Um, if you hear any noises in the background, this is kind of my housekeeping. I have a little French bulldog that is gum on my shoe, so he stays right underneath me while I'm uh, doing these Zooms. And so if you hear any absurd noises, I swear it's not me. It's, <laughs> it's him. Um, but I want to get right into it, and I want to talk all about self-talk and the impact of our self-talk. Uh, I would love just for you to put in the chat, what are some of the things, the conversations you've had with yourself this morning, whether it's positive or negative? I just ask you to be really honest. What are some of the things that you find yourself saying to yourself? Is it, um, I'm tired, I'm, I'm excited, uh, I can do this, whatever that is. And just really think about a little bit of that conversation and just put it in the chat. I'd love to see what people's thought processes. And please don't be embarrassed. The more transparent and honest you are, uh, I think the more impactful this can be. I love it. I am powerful. I am tired. <laughs> I'm super productive. You're worth it. I love that. Trust the process. Trust the process is one of my favorite sayings. Uh, excited for the day. I'm sleepy. I need to wake up. <laughs> Thank you for being honest. I want cinnamon bun. <laughs> I love that. I'm exhausted. Okay. Okay, great. So uh, I'm grateful for my puppy, same. So again, this is just one thought of many. Okay, I'm excited to be out of the house and leave the dog with my partner for a bit. Uh, okay. So again, these are just simple thoughts that we're having right now momentarily. We're recalling uh, things that, that conversation. And we always wonder, even though 
sometimes we're not aware of these conversations. Uh, it's constantly going. There's constantly an ebb and flow of conversation, I believe. And again, these are my beliefs. It's between us and our soul because someone's having to interact. Someone's having to be the observer. And so this what this is the reason why self-talk is so important because we have it every single day, all day. And what we tell ourselves then becomes our behavior. So before we go too deep into this, I have a lot of notes here. So, and I, and I, and I'm not, I have no shame in my game and having notes because I want to get this information to you because to me, it's vital if you want to reprogram your mind. And if you really truly want to change your life, uh, I've done a lot of research on how I can create new positive habits. And what I really started to notice is when I was getting ready to leave television, when I was in that really uncomfortable growth spot and I wanted to create change, that would then take me to Wordiful full-time. I used to sit in my dressing room and I used to write affirmations every single day. I would just take one and I would write it out 10 times before my call time. So I'm just gonna put a little pin in that so we'll get back to to affirmations. Uh, But self-talk, like I said, is the conversation we're having with ourselves every day and it's not always the nicest. And The chatter that is happening in our mind that we are aware of is happening in our subconscious mind, or excuse me, is happening in our conscious mind. So we're conscious of it. We can, we can hear ourselves. We can say, okay, I'm going to get up. I'm going to make myself some coffee. Then I have that to-do list. We're actually participants. We're seeing what's happening. So there's another layer of self-talk, and this is the most important part is there is a layer of self-talk that's happening in our subconscious mind. And that's the one we're not aware of. And the subconscious mind is the things that we do automatic. So sometimes we get into the car and we get home and we say, I don't even remember how I did that. We just knew to put the key in the ignition. We're kind of doing things. It's like I said, it's all on autopilot. We get up, brush our teeth. We don't have to remind ourselves, go left, go right. It's all happening by habit. So 95% of our thoughts of the way our behavior is coming out through us is through our subconscious. Now, here's the tricky part. From ages one through seven, for the first seven years of our lives, that subconscious was programmed. So we had no real reference to go back to. So we became the observers. We were watching, observing, learning the rules of life from our parents, our caregivers, our siblings, and everything was being recorded into the subconscious. And there's only about, I would say, 5% of our lives that are actually run on consciousness. That we're, that's our like creative brain where we're making our own choices. Again, being aware of that dialogue. So the reason why in these first seven years, our brain was taking everything into the subconscious is because the brain is in theta for the first seven years. It's in theta, which is almost considered like hypnosis. Uh, Again, because from age one to seven, we have no reference of real experiences. So the experiences that we're learning from, again, is what's happening in our environment. We're watching mom and dad, we're watching our siblings, we're watching our caregivers, and we're learning the do's and don'ts, the yes and no's, and we're also taking in the messaging. 
of what our parents tell us, of what our siblings tell us, of what our environment tell us. Um, are we loved? Are we worthy? Uh, do we belong? And because of that, it is so important that we understand we are still working now as adults from those programs, from those beliefs. And the only way to overwrite that 95% of our subconscious beliefs is either through hypnosis or through repetition. And that is practice, right? So like anything we want to learn, anything we want to learn has to be repeated. So that like um, you think about the first time you took the car out, right? When you were learning to get your driver's license, it was probably a hot mess. Like you had to learn how to parallel park. You had to learn how to change lanes. And now you do it just without even thinking. It has just become embedded in you. And to me, this is really important part of uh, where our affirmation work comes in. Because again, like I said, the subconscious mind uh, can only take in what is repeated and repeated and repeated until it becomes a habit. So if we want self-talk to be more loving, we have to practice until it's automatic. And one of the most positive ways, like I said, for me was really sitting down and writing what I wanted to reprogram my mind with. And while, you know, everyone's familiar with positive affirmations and it is nice to be able to say, oh, I think I'll just put one here on a stick it on my desk, or maybe I'll just put it on the refrigerator. Unfortunately, that's only a suggestion to the brain. It's like having basically directions on how to do something and you're just putting the directions on the board. But the, in order to learn those directions, you actually have to build it, you have to make it, you have to do it. And so for me, that has been a, a huge part of reprogramming my mind and my thinking for the parts of my life that weren't working. And so I, even to this day, I wake up every morning, I take my affirmation card and I do it at night as well. And I'll explain why. And I say it out loud. Not only do I say it out loud, I take a moment after and I close my eyes and I feel the emotions. So why the affirmation cards? Uh, like I said, it, it's, it's a way to reprogram that brain so much so. So when I was, okay, to take the pin out of what I was saying earlier, when I was sitting in my dressing room every day and I was writing these affirmation cards, I used to write affirmations from the queen of affirmations, Louise Hay. And her I love her affirmations, but they felt so long and I didn't feel like they were in my voice. And so fast forward, I think this is now four years later, I created my own affirmation cards that felt like they were in my voice. And I wanna share a few with you so you understand um, the way I've rewritten some of the things that are important for, for my learning, for my encouragement, places where I felt stuck in my life and I wanted to create new dialogue. I think one of the most important one, especially for women, is body. We have such, we're so cruel to ourselves. Our self-talk can be really mean when it comes to how we judge our physical uh, our physical selves. And uh, I constantly found that no matter where I was in life, you know, you go back and you look at old photos and you think, what was I complaining about? Like, why was I so mean to myself? And so now I try to, 
to remember that and where I am right now, because I know there come a time and a place when I'm 50, 60, 70 years old, and I'm going to look back at this version of myself and be like, why was I so cruel to myself? Why couldn't I be more accepting with myself? And I think as women, we always assume nobody else has these issues, that nobody else um, thinks of themselves in this way. And I always say, I've, I've said this time and time again, I just wish women could all sit in a room naked together and understand that we all have our things. We all have our scars. We all have our stretch marks. We all have our acne. We all have our cellulite. And that doesn't give us our worth. What gives us our worth is how we use our bodies to be loving and to be creative. Uh, so with that said, my body affirmation is I love and approve of my body because it is perfect. I feel strong, energetic, and alive. I am happy in my own skin. Right behind that judgment of body is our worthiness. So again, even though I had really loving parents that gave me a lot of positive messaging, uh, nobody's perfect. You know, our parents only can do as well as their parents did. And uh, our siblings sometimes say awful things just because that's what we do. We fight with each other. And again, in those first seven years, that programming uh, gets embedded in us. So worthiness. I accept myself as I am. I know that I am valuable. My worthiness comes from my belief that I belong here and that I matter. So these are just a little bit of examples that I, I wanted to give you as we move along so you understand um, when I emphasize the importance of these affirmations. So I'm gonna move on to my next note. I'm gonna give you a, a life hack for reprogramming the mind. This is my favorite. Um, the mind is most programmable before we go to bed, because as we drift off into sleep, the mind goes into theta. Remember, we go back to when we were seven years old where our mind was always in theta and it was like, that's what they say, children's brains are like sponges. And I'm sure a lot of you've heard that if you wanna learn a new skill set, you should do it one hour before going to bed because then it stays with us for the next six to seven hours or eight hours, however long you sleep. So the mind is moving into theta, which is also known as auto hypnosis. So if you want to go to bed listening to affirmations, this is something too that I've created in, in our Wordiful membership because I feel it's so important that a lot of times we don't have the motivation to create our own tools. And so I try to make it as easy as possible to give people the tools that I've already created and make it useful to all of you. So uh, if there's something, you know, the best way is, is I always say, is to look at your life and to look at the areas. Where are you struggling? Is it um, diet and exercise? Is it job? Is it just creating abundance in certain areas? And like what I've done is I took my own affirmations, I recorded them. And again, uh, you don't have to do this. It, it is available, but uh and I would put them in my headphones. And as I drift off to sleep, I listen to them until literally my earbuds fall out. And that is me programming my own mind. This is me listening and saying like, okay, I am worthy. I matter. I am valuable. I know I belong here. Uh, and again, this is just a simple life hack because while you can write your affirmations or say your affirmations during the day, again, the mind is most absorbent. It goes into theta right before we drift off to sleep. So little life hack right there. And we have to remember that 95% of our life, 95% of our life is a printout, 
Like everything that you're living right now is a printout of your subconscious mind. So if you look and wherever you're struggling and you're, you're taking, it's like so much energy to get to that goal, so much um, struggle you're facing. It's because somewhere in your subconscious mind, there is a message that doesn't match up to the destination. There is a belief stuck in there that says the opposite of what you're trying to accomplish. And you're exuding all this energy trying to achieve that goal. And you're, you're, you're hearing the conscious mind say, I need to exercise more. I need to eat healthier. I need to look for a better job. I need, I need this, I need that. But the subconscious mind is saying, mm, I'm not worthy. I'm not valuable of that love. I'm not valuable. Of, I'm not worthy of that new job. Um, I'll always be fat. I'll always mess up. We just don't realize that that's what's sabotaging us because we're not even aware that that programming is there. And so, again, we have to overwrite all of that subconscious thinking and the only, you know, and to say, like, well, I don't know what subconscious thoughts I'm having. You just look at your life and wherever there's an issue, wherever there's a problem, there's a belief underlying that is sabotaging. Does that make sense? Is everyone following along? Okay, great. So here's the other sticky part about our thoughts. Studies have shown that 70% of our thoughts are negative and redundant. So we love to replay those old negative scenarios. And the problem with this is that our thoughts, good or bad, create our biology. It affects our health. That's why they say stress kills. So let me break this down to you in the two categories of positive thinking and negative thinking. Positive thinking, positive self-talk, I love me, I am worthy, I got this. These lead to emotions that feel good. So to understand emotions, our emotions are how the brain communicates with the body. Again, emotions are how the brain communicates with the body. So when we feel good, we release good hormones. We release things like serotonin, dopamine, oxytocin, endorphins. And what these chemicals do is they go into our bloodstream and they help create cell growth. Okay, put a pin there. Now, negative thinking does the opposite. It releases stress hormones, adrenaline, cortisol, uh, nor norepinephrine. Am I going to say that right? <laughs> Basically, that is the fight or flight response. So when the body is thinking, I'm stressed out, I have to save myself, it conserves energy because I'm like, you know, they always say like running from a saber toothed tiger, you have to conserve all this energy so that you can save your own life. Because now it's like fight or flight time. What that does is it pulls energy away from our, from our immune system, from healing. So when we are negatively thinking, when we are stressed out, we are shutting down our immune system and we're also shutting down cell growth, healing. So that's the two differences. We're either in growth mode, healthy growth mode, when we're thinking healthy thoughts, when we're being loving, or we're in protective mode. We're shut down, we're suppressing our immune system, we're shutting down our cell growth, and they can't happen simultaneously. It's either one or the other. 
So that's at least for me, when I start stressing or thinking anything negative, what pulls me right out of it is I was like, no, 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 no. I'm creating my biology right now. I want to stay healthy. I want to heal. So for me, that's always a trigger. So it doesn't matter uh, how great our exercise routine is, even though Yes, exercise does help our endorphins goes, go up. It helps release our stress. Uh, but what's critical above all else, no matter how healthy our diet is and how great our exercise routine is, we have to watch our thinking. That self-talk is the most crucial part of our self-care. Um, Fear-based thinking thoughts, of course, will manifest a negative life circumstance. Uh, things start to kind of go awry because we're exuding that same energy out through, through the chemistry of our makeup. Is everyone following? Is this all making sense? I like to take a temperature. <laughs> okay, so there is that saying, uh, fake it till you make it. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't, I've never liked that saying, but it does hold some truth. I like to say, say it till you make it true. Say it till you make it true. And so I know with affirmations, because believe me, I've done all this work myself. I, I, this is a testament to uh, all the, everything you're probably thinking, like affirmations don't work for me. I don't believe it. Uh, when I say it, it doesn't sound true. And that's why this line is so important for me. Say it till you make it true. Because again, it's it's like any new skill set we try, right? We can try to, go fly a kite this is a really bad example, but we can try to go fly a kite and, the, and maybe the winds aren't right and the kite goes down and we give up. But if we go out there day after day after day and we practice and we practice, soon we become like professional kite flyers. We're like, I got this. I can do this with my eyes closed. And it's the same thing for affirmations. It may not feel true to you in the beginning, but the brain cannot differentiate between what's happening outside of us. And when we close our eyes and we say that affirmation and we feel that emotion, the brain registers that is true. As long as that emotion is matching up and the way that emotion begins to match up is when we record that programming into our brain. And after a while, the brain starts to say, she says, I'm happy. She's saying, I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm ha I must be happy. And again, we start to make those chemicals that go back into our blood system that make our cells. Um, yeah, the, the one thing I really uh, try to practice, uh, I, I love to, I'm a big meditator. And the reason why is uh, because I, one, I feel meditation is such a, an amazing way to get quiet and to be an observer of like they said, studies show 70% of our thoughts are negative. And I like to just be the movie, like sit there like a movie goer with popcorn and just watch all the things that my mind is thinking, whether it's the to-do list, I need to go to the grocery store, I need a, this, and then I got to take the towels out of the dryer and whatever it is, it just shows you kind of that monkey mind. And then it also shows you where those negative thoughts kind of drift off, drift off to. And I think, ah, this is where my attention needs to go. I, there's some reprogramming that needs to happen here. And that allows me to know for that week, which affirmation card I need to pull, where there needs to be some work done and some reprogramming done. And not only that, but I do this thing, which is called, um, it's basically practicing for my future. So a lot of times we practice our past, right? We think about someone who pissed us off or, 
just something that made us mad from our past. We relive those negative events. And what happens when we relive it? We get mad again. We think, how could they have done that to me? Why did this happen? How dare she? How dare he? And we're all mad again. (laughs) And we create that emotion in our body. The same way you can relive your past, you can program your future. You can sit down and close your eyes and say, how do I want my future to look? And how I was saying, this is what I call practice meditation. I practice how I want to see my future self. So if that's sitting every morning and showing myself motivated, getting up, and it's like just seeing myself and that's replaying that same routine, that same routine, that same routine until my brain has to basically say like, this is who she is. This is what she does. This is part of her routine. Because again, the brain, when we attach that emotion to it, cannot differentiate what's happening internally and externally. It's still having the experience. The brain still thinks it's real. So it starts to rewire our brain in order to match that reality. So here's one uh, thing uh, outside of affirmations that has helped me in my journey to beautiful self-talk. I mean, it's going to be a struggle till the day I die, I think, for all of us because we are bombarded with messaging and we have an ego that likes to protect us. And by protecting us, uh, sometimes it can turn negatively towards us. Uh, I've been gratitude journaling for over 15 years. Uh, every morning I write three things that I'm grateful for. And there are tremendous benefits to gratitude journaling. I won't uh, list them all here, but all you have to do is put in your search engine benefits of gratitude journaling and a million things are going to pop up. It's good for your immune system. It helps reprogram the brain. Uh, The the effects of gratitude stay with you. If you do it for uh, 21 days, it will stay with you for six months. But most importantly, the reason why gratitude is so important is because emotions like gratitude, appreciation, kindness, joy, enthusiasm, compassion, these expansive positive emotions shut down the amygdala in our brain. And the amygdala is a part of the brain that generates fear and anxiety. So it moves us when we practice these positive expanding emotions, it moves us out of that fear and moves us into love. And suddenly we feel safe. We feel we can trust and we move out of selfishness into selflessness. And it takes us out of that survival mode. So we're not uh, producing those stress hormones and instead we're filled with this energy that allows us more opportunity to create and to be loving. And this, my friends, is the importance of positive (laughs) self-talk. So uh, I know I've been going for quite a bit. I would love to hear your questions, any feedback. Um, Again, you know, this is something that has this is my mantra for life is gratitude journaling meditation and affirmations and I've never found anything more powerful than affirmations to reprogram my life this is what wordiful is based on the power of words this question I'm gonna pull this from a comment that Mary Kay made in the chat Uh, she said that I have trouble letting myself feel the feelings without suppressing the emotions without fixating on negative thoughts and stories Um, do you have any advice for how to balance balance that? 
So I'm real. That's like the perfect question. So it is so important for us to feel the feelings. You know, we might say, oh, it's a negative feeling. So I don't want to feel it. And you've all heard the expression. The only way um, through it is through it. (laughs) And so we have to be really kind and compassionate with ourselves. We have to treat ourselves as a friend. This is where self-talk comes in. So when someone hurts us or we're angry, we have to say, okay, I'm angry. And, uh, or I will, I rephrase that. I feel angry. So that's one thing too, that I try to avoid is saying I am the emotion because we are not the emotions. We feel emotions because then we make it part of our identity. So if I feel angry, I say, I feel angry and I don't beat myself up for it because a lot of times we say, oh, I shouldn't be feeling that and I need to get over it. And all that does is push ourselves around and it adds guilt and shame to the emotion we are feeling. Instead, we can say, okay, let me look at this anger. Let me look at this heartbreak. Let me look at this sadness and let me just sit in it and feel it and release it because that's really what the emotion wants. It wants to be released. And when it comes back to visit us again, as opposed to beating ourselves up saying, oh my God, here I am rethinking this again. Not only are you feeling the feeling from that event, But again, now on top of it, you added the shame and the guilt. So what I've learned to do is when those old stories come back into my mind, a friend had taught me to say, ah, big surprise, here it is again. And it's so amazing because I'm able to laugh at it or smile at it and I let it go as opposed to saying, I'm thinking about this again. I've already thought I dealt with this. I thought I was over him. I thought I was over her. I thought I was over the situation. And um, it's just beating myself up as opposed to just saying, do I miss this person? Am I hurt over this situation? Let me cry. Let me cry. Let Let me be sad and feel it. And then I could, all that emotion does is it just wants to get through and you're just allowing it to pass through. And then you could say, okay, I'm back. So yes, you have you have to fill it to heal it. And then here's one from Elise. Hi, Elise. We miss you. Uh, how can one use their own manifestations or affirmations to identify and set boundaries? Uh, manifestations uh, and affirmations to set boundaries. Oh, that's a good one. I think I actually have boundaries in here, but uh, it's it's just that it's creating that affirmation for yourself that I love and respect myself and I put me first and I feel no guilt around setting healthy boundaries because anyone who loves me is going to respect those boundaries. Uh, and it's it, and it's knowing that and again taking the guilt out of doing what is best for you that is self care and self love. And I think a lot of times we add so much guilt to putting ourselves first, but Ultimately, by putting ourselves first, we become happier people. We become more uh, enjoyable people to be around. Because if we suppress and say, my feelings don't matter, and I need to put this person first, or I have to worry about what they think about me, that eventually will come out somewhere else in our life. And now we're just creating more negative circumstances because now I've got an argument with you because I'm not respecting my own boundaries. I'm upset and I'm resentful against myself. All right. And then one, I think this one was from Lindy. Yes. Uh, Any recommendations for taking small steps to start changing our internal language 
and any recommendations for affirmation sources to listen to while you fall asleep in that theta state? Uh, yeah. So again, I've created this whole system. And again, you don't have to use mine. I'm just saying this. So you have a direct source um, on wordiful.com. There are affirmation cards. I wrote a deck of 52 each for um, every week of the year, because I feel it's important to sit with one affirmation per week. And again, every night I write it out 10 times a day. I sit with it at night. Um, we have a membership where every month I release uh affirmations for you to listen to in the headphones and you can listen to it before you go to bed. You can listen to it right when you wake up in the morning, you can listen to it anytime you're struggling. Uh, for me, that has, I've seen a lot of benefits from the people that do use these because it's, it's kind of like when you have a book on tape, you know, when you read the book and the book's so good, and then you go back and you listen to it on the audio version. That's what I tried to create because that's how I processed all of my information. I used to write my affirmations and I used to listen to my affirmations. So I've written the affirmations and I've also created the audios for the affirmations. And there's also meditations that I've done as well. I think that is all the questions that we have for now. Anyone else feel free to speak up in the chat. Yeah. Any questions you have? I, I mean, I, I would love to answer as many as possible. Um, here's one that I missed earlier on. Um, do you have to do gratitude journaling right when you wake up in the morning or do you have any recommendations for like variations on that gratitude journaling routine that you've seen be successful? So the reason why I do it in the morning is because I'm guaranteed to do it. <laughs> I actually, I, t they say, if you want to create a new habit, you have to tie a reward to it. So my reward is my coffee. So when I make, I'm never going to skip my coffee. So I'm never going to sk skip my gratitude journaling. So when I have my coffee and I'm sitting down, enjoying my cup of coffee, that's when I journal. And it's a great way to start your day because for instance, I'll never forget a day when I had the irony of life, I had gratitude journaled one day how grateful I was to have a car and that I'm able to get to and fro, that I don't have to take the bus, that I don't have to, you know, sometimes you see so many people walking down to the bus stop and I just thought, you know, God, I've, I just felt so grateful. Lo and behold, I got a flat tire <laughs> that day on the 405 freeway in Los Angeles. And while I could have said, why is this happening to me? Oh my God, I can't believe it. I just went back to that gratitude thinking, I'm so grateful that I have a car. And one of my mantras in life, or I will say my mantra for life is life is happening for me, not to me. And so maybe I got a flat tire because if I had kept going on that freeway, I would have gotten in an accident. And that was way of the universe, God, source pulling me over. So there's always a, a shift in perspective that we can take in life. And I believe it's much easier to take a positive shift in our perspective when we know what we're grateful for. A, uh, a technical question from AK. Are the cards still on back order until May? Trying to purchase a deck of affirmations. Unfortunately, they are. They will be here. Oh, I, we're, I put May, but I'm thinking they'll be here by April. I just didn't want any, you know, we get a lot of emails of like, where are they coming? Uh, and I mean, the beautiful thing is that we've seen a lot of success with these. That's why we did another reorder. Um, so I just ask that you're patient. They will be here soon. Uh, but again, the audio affirmations are available now. Um, this one is from me personally. Uh, are there any affirmations that you found particularly helpful? Um, I would say during the pandemic as a whole, but I feel like in the past couple of weeks, me and a bunch of my friends have like, we've hit our walls. Like we've had really sad 
days or weeks. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'd love to hear your, your advice on how it applies to the now. Okay. So you want an affirmation? Oh, it's so funny. It was actually the first one that I was looking for. So during the pandemic, my favorite affirmation was secure. And it's when I release my insecurities, no matter how large or small, I remember who I am. I feel secure that I'm good enough and smart enough because I think that was our struggle is how am I going to be creative during this time? How am I going to, um, adjust during this pandemic? Am I safe? That's another one. That's uh, one of my favorites too, is, is safe. I'll have to see if I can find it in here really quick. Um, but for me, that was, you know, being an entrepreneur and having my own business, all of a sudden you have all these insecurities in your head and you're thinking, am I going to be able to survive it? Um, and you start to question your worthiness, especially for me, I was like, oh my God, I'm never going to meet anyone, you know, dating in a pandemic. <laughs> so this kind of encompasses all of it. Uh, so no matter big or small, it's like you, you just release all those insecurities. Uh, but there's one in here that is the word safe. And I pulled that one uh, quite a bit as well. Here it is. It says, I feel safe to be who I truly am. I don't allow fear to decide my fate. I am protected and everything is okay. Was that Akia saying that in the chat? Who is saying that she does a, a safety check every every morning where she lists um, that, you know, her body is healthy and able that, um, yes, okay, I got it right. Uh, that she has a cozy and safe home, that her friends and family are safe. And I, I loved that, Akia. I think that's really uh, powerful. And another great tool is journaling. Um, that's another thing that uh, I created as part of the Wordful membership was uh, journal prompts, because I feel like it's so hard sometimes for us to find the right questions. And I've learned that when we have a series of questions in front of us and we go through, it's almost like we become our own therapist, because as much as we want to rely on others to be our soundboards, to give us advice, Nobody has downloaded our whole lives but us. We know all the answers. And it just takes a little bit of digging to get those truths. And the only way I feel we can either do that is through meditation or through sitting down and really asking ourselves those hard, uncomfortable questions and just freehand writing them and saying, what is it that I need right now? What is it that I'm really afraid of? I remember one day, I was walking around and this is mid pandemic. I could not stop crying and I had no idea why I was crying. I had no idea why. And that was scarier to me than the fact that I was crying uncontrollably. I mean, I wasn't like sobbing, but it was just the like tears just kept rolling and rolling. And I finally stopped and I said, okay, that's, 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 there's something I need to, um, I didn't, I didn't want to shove it away. I wanted to explore. I wanted to be curious. So I pulled out my journal and the first question I wrote was, what do you need and what are you afraid of? And as soon as I started writing, it was like, oh my God, okay, I get it now. It, it's like the, the brain just, it wants to tell us, it wants to help us. The soul is like, please listen. Uh, but unfortunately we do a really good job at distracting ourselves. We feel lonely, we feel sad. And what do we do? Let me go on Instagram and see if I can find something that's going to make me feel different than what I'm feeling right now. So we'll let this be the last one for now. Going off of that, Sarah wanted to know what about an affirmation for dealing with uncertainty? 
Ooh, an affirmation for daily uncertainty. Okay, hold on. Let me pull one out for you. So uncertainty, I, I, I pull trust. Uh, I trust myself. When I disconnect from the outside world and get quiet, I find the wisdom and answers that I need. Um, there's also a really great one for emotions that I love. I honor my emotions without attaching stories to them. I invite the feelings in to teach me what I need to learn, and then I set them free. Exactly what we discussed a little bit earlier. So I want to take this last part of our conversation and talk about forgiveness. Um, because to me, this is the biggest hurdle when it comes to our self-talk and self-love. And I think it's really important that we understand that forgiveness isn't a final destination. It's a daily choice. So every morning we have to wake up and say, whoever we feel has done us wrong in our life. Um, we may say, I may wake up today and say, you know, I felt forgiving of this person yesterday. Today, I don't really feel, <laughs> I don't feel that again because I've replayed the scenario of what this person did to me. And anytime I go to that place, I go back to myself and I say, where in my program belief system have I not forgiven myself for something? Because we, we love, love, love to guilt ourselves and that interferes with our self-talk. Um, we punish ourselves for, oh, I should have started that diet yesterday. I should have exercised. I should have applied for that job. I should have known better not to get involved with this person. Um, should, should, I call that shooting on ourselves. And all that does is add to unforgiveness and to guilt. And we have to rewire that thinking. And we have to say, I was doing the best I could at the time for not knowing better. And it, I know it's so hard when it becomes such a visual thing. I mean, I'll give you a really uh, silly example, but it's not silly because I feel like we all do this to ourselves. You know, people told me when I was younger to wear sunscreen and I didn't listen. I thought, oh, because I'm Latin and I have darker skin, I don't need to wear the sunscreen. And now I struggle with hyperpigmentation. And I get so mad at myself. I'm like, why didn't I wear sunscreen? And what? No, 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 no. And then I make myself feel bad because now I have these little marks on my face and now I've got to use this stuff to try to get rid of them. I mean, think about how awful that is, how I'm treating myself. I've not forgiven myself or not when I didn't know better, you know, had I known in the past, like, yeah, maybe I should apply sunscreen and take better care of myself, you know, and sometimes just things happen. Uh, but it's just constantly beating myself up. So when I can't forgive myself, and that's just a small thing, I'm giving you a very small example. There's higher things we've done in life that just seem like I can never forgive myself for this. Um, when we don't allow ourselves that kindness and compassion, there's definitely no room to be forgiving with other people. Because what we do is we turn that hatred or that whatever it is we feel towards someone else, we turn that inward and we self-punish. We think, you know, if, if, if I don't deserve forgiveness, then, then they don't deserve forgiveness. And so that's why it always has to start with our own relationship with ourselves, because the relationship we have with ourselves then affects all the other relationships in our lives. And so that's why too, you know, anytime we're having turbulence with someone, anytime we can't get along with someone, as opposed to looking at it like this person is so frustrating, this person is so difficult, we can look at that person as a teacher and a mirror of what it is about ourselves that needs some healing, some reprogramming.
And so uh, there's a forgiveness affirmation. Forgiveness is a gift, not only to another person, but also to myself. When I forgive, I free up the space to attract more love into my life. Because the problem with unforgiveness is, as well is, uh, you know, there, I love the saying about how you can have, you can be the warden and you could put all these people in jail for all the wrongs they've done, but you're the warden and you've got to go to that jail every day too. So you're not free. And you're constantly reliving those stories of that heartache of whatever it is that that person has done. And again, it goes back to the biology of our thoughts. We're making ourselves upset. We're releasing the cortisol, the adrenaline, the epinephrine. And guess what? We're now in protective mode and we're not allowing healing. We're not allowing cell growth. We're suppressing our immune system. So it is so worth doing the work to let it go. And that's what I want to close this with is how important it is to do the work. You know, we can be amazing at making sure we work out every day. We can be amazing at make sure we're killing our to-do list. But if we don't take time, the brain is a muscle. If we don't take time to exercise the brain, writing the affirmations, journaling, meditating, saying, you know, again, saying the affirmations out loud, it's just running on its own. It's running on that pre-programming. Again, 95% of our life is subconscious thinking. Only 5% of it is conscious thinking. So when we're mindful of that, we can say, okay, I have to do the work because you can't get from point A to point B. I mean, you can, you're, you can coast along. And then that's when we get crazy and say, why is nothing changing in my life? Why don't I feel better? Why don't I see progress? Why do I keep trying to do all these different things, but it always takes me back to where I've been. Um, you know, you can't go to the gym once and see a change in your body. You have to go, you know, all the time. And then we start to see the muscle growth. We start to see the strength. We start to feel better. We start to be more confident. And this is the same thing for the muscle of the brain. It's we have to practice that positive self-talk. We have to practice um, knowing ourselves, getting quiet with ourselves, learning that inner voice. And you know, one of the things that has helped me when that inner critic comes forward, cause she's there, she's always gonna be there. Um, <laughs> I've learned to make her a character in my mind. So uh, when bitchy Liz comes forward and say, I pull my jeans out of the dryer and my jeans are super tight, especially in a pandemic. And I start saying to myself, shouldn't have had that pizza. You shouldn't have ordered Grubhub. You shouldn't have done this. You shouldn't have done that. I tell her to be quiet and to go sit in the corner because that is not me. That is not truly who I am. That is my inner critic who's come to beat me up. So there's like, who I am. And then there's the bitchy Liz. And when bitchy Liz shows up, I remind myself, I have to separate the two. And it's just like, okay, when someone comes to be mean to me, I have to then tap into the kindness, into the compassion, into the loving Liz. And it's easier. It's so much easier to do that when I have those affirmations, those positive thinking, that self-love in my head. And I just pull from there. It's like, okay, what's my affirmation for the week? Let me just say it out loud right now because I need it. Any other questions, guys? 
Uh, I'm seeing in the chat, is it important whether we listen to affirmations versus say aloud versus write them versus repeat them to yourself? Uh, is one like more powerful than the other? So um, I personally, I mean, I, I haven't, I, I couldn't tell you in the sense of I haven't done any like scientific studies behind this. Uh, I have found it to be most powerful when I do say it out loud. And another exercise, a simple exercise that you can start doing right now, and it can be very uncomfortable in the beginning, but it is extremely powerful, is making eye contact with yourself in the mirror and every morning saying, I love you. You can even say your own name. You would say, Elizabeth, I call myself Elizabeth, but say, I love you. And it's truly connecting with yourself, truly making that eye contact with yourself, knowing that you have your own back or whatever, whatever you feel you would love someone else to tell you, tell it to yourself, make that eye contact with yourself. And again, when you start to make this a habit, you almost can't go without it. So I've done, I do this for myself when I brush my teeth. I have a good old like pep talk with myself. And on the days I don't, I thought, why am I ignoring me? Like I need that pep talk more than ever. And it's like truly, and it's, trust me, in the beginning, it can be awkward, but it's an extremely powerful exercise. So just to overall answer your questions, yes, I feel like affirmations are most powerful when we say it because the brain is always eavesdropping on our conversation. Uh, but like I said, I gave you that little life hack too, that, you know, I get it when you're, I mean, the best way would really be to say them, to write them, and then to listen to them, um, right before you're drifting off into sleep. If you, if you have, you know, I read a, I read one per week, like I said, um, so I'll read my affirmation card right before I go to bed. I use it as my bookmarker in my book. So whatever book I'm reading, as I'm ready to fall asleep, I'll grab my affirmation. I'll say it a few times. I close my eyes. I feel the emotion of it, tuck it back into my book and I go to bed. But if I'm really trying hard to reprogram, it's like anything, you know, you go full force. It's like, I write it, I say it, I listen to it. Um, that life hack of listening to it again in your headphones, it's because your brain is in theta. You're basically in hypnosis. So you all know what hypnosis is. You're hypnotizing yourself to rebelieve, to reprogram your brain. Uh, this is a good one from Jenna. She asks, how do you balance being grateful, but also trying to avoid toxic positivity? Uh, she says that she's struggling with always seeing the silver lining at the cost of possibly dismissing people's or her own problems or emotions and saying, well, at least you have this, at least you have this privilege or this type of luck. Yeah, that's over. That's not feeling our feelings. That's, uh, I always say like, you can't be too Pollyanna about it. You can't just be like, Oh, everything's great. You know, the sky's falling, but I'm going to be grateful. Uh, what I've learned is that you can hold space for both. I can be grateful, but I can also, uh, be really sad sometimes, you know, and it's just, again, finding that kindness and compassion, um, one thing that I like to do when I feel like I'm angry right now, oh, but I should be grateful, but I'm angry right now. What I do is I say, it's a privilege to feel my feelings. It's a privilege to know that I'm angry right now because that's me being alerted to a boundary that's been crossed either from myself or by somebody else. So that's a way you can practice gratitude when you're in another emotion is just say, it's a privilege to feel my feelings, 
but damn it, I am pissed off right now or I am sad right now. (laughs) What about habits that you can implement when you're stressed out or in that fight or flight mode? Any suggestions for that? Absolutely. Always connect back to your breath. So when I am just outraged and I'm like, oh my God, what did they just do? I say, okay. And I said, the thing that pulls me out the fastest is remembering that my body's all of a sudden like, oh, she's going to go ahead and make those chemicals, those chemicals that's going to shut down her immune system. That's going to slow her cell growth. uh, That's basically contributing to illness. If I take, if I constantly do it every day. So Uh, I just remember to connect back to breath. I take a deep breath in. I let it fill up my lungs completely. And I try to think whatever is upsetting me. And I, I let it out. And as many times as I've got to do that, I reconnect to it. So, oh my God, that email didn't go out. Oh my God, I screwed this up. Let me feel it. Let me feel it. Let me feel it. Let me release it. And if you do this about, I don't know, for about a minute or so, all of a sudden you've calmed down. You're like, okay, I got this. (laughs) So connecting to the breath is very important. And then I think this is going to end up being our last question. So we can give you a a minute or two to find like where we can find you on the internet and plug yourself a little bit more. Um, Do you remember the moment or the time when you discovered affirmations in your own life? Um. I, it's been so long, but I originally, what really changed my life is when I read the four agreements uh, by Don Miguel Ruiz of that learning, not to take anything personal, not make assumptions about talking about how the word is the most powerful thing uh, that's on this planet. You know, words can really uh, heal us or hurt us. And I think after that, I, I came across the book, you can heal your life by Louise Hay. And uh, life is just, it's so wild, man. Life is so wild. So uh, I found Louise Hay. And like I said, her affirmations are very long. And that was really kind of, like I said, what turned me on to thinking that, okay, if I need, I need to start saying these, I need to start writing these. Um, But I'll share a little bit of a story with you. Uh, A few years ago, when I was really in the thick of heartbreak, of sadness, uh, my mother had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's and she was now starting on, on hospice and I was just broken. So sad as a daughter and felt so much guilt. And um, I read this book called Life Lessons by Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and David Kessler. Uh, Lo and behold, uh, this book changed my life. I remember I got to one chapter and I did that really ugly cry where I had to like run to the bathroom. I sat on the toilet, like pulling the toilet paper. And I was just like, couldn't, just couldn't contain it. I mean, I almost didn't recognize my own voice because I was like, like in that dark sorrow place. And I thought to myself, man, I wish I could hug the man that wrote this book. Uh, crazy enough, a few months later, I had one of my first uh, Wordiful events now that I had left my job in television. Now it was like Wordiful full-time. And my one, I was fortunate enough to one of my first guests was Maria Shriver. And I saw on the guest list the name David Kessler. And I thought, this cannot be the same David Kessler whose book I just read who changed my life. Uh, it was. And he was sitting in the front row. And uh, it was really sweet how we met. But he ended up being 
Louise Hayes, Louis, one of Louise Hayes' best friends. They actually wrote a book together called You Can Heal Your Heart. And so when I wrote these affirmation cards, I basically asked for David's blessing uh, because I knew of the work Louise Hay had did. And it, it just feels so wild. But to really tie this story up into a neat little bow, David had went to Australia, this is pre-pandemic, uh, for the release of one of his books. And uh, Hay House was where they kept a lot of uh, Louise Hay's books she had already passed on. And he, she said, he said, we have all these books that she signed. Uh, do you want to take any of them back? Because now they're just sitting in storage. And David goes, well, yeah, I'll go through them and, and maybe I'll find this one for a friend of mine. He really loves Louise Hay and, and maybe he signed it to, she signed one to John. And he said he went into the pile and the only one book that was left was to Liz. And so it was this pretty crazy thing. I'm going to actually see if I have, yep, here we go. To Liz uh, with joy, Louise Hay. So I feel I do a lot of my work in honor of the things that she's taught me. It feels pretty crazy to actually put my affirmation cards next to the ones that belong to her. And, uh, you know, she was really, uh, she really changed her life. You know, if you haven't read, you can heal you can heal your life. I highly, highly recommend it. Uh, you know, she got through everything from cancer, abuse, uh, so many hurdles in life. And I thought if she can get through all of that, then I can definitely get through some of the things I've been through in my life. So it's just crazy the way the dots have connected. And, uh, you know, anytime you question what's going on in your life, please believe you are exactly where you are meant to be. That's the lesson I've learned. <laughs> What a perfect note to end on. Liz, thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. I know I speak for myself and everyone else when I say it was incredibly powerful and you've left us with so many good things to think about as we carry this into the rest of our day, the rest of our lives. So thank you so much for being a part of our summit and tell us real quick where we can find you on the internet uh, and how we can stay in touch with you. Absolutely. And again, I, I hope I wasn't sounding like I'm, I'm here trying to plug anything. I, I just, I've done the heavy lifting and that's what I always tell the community. I've done the heavy lifting so that you can find all of these resources in one place because I had to do a lot of digging. I had to go over here to Louise Hay for, for affirmations. And then I had to go over to this app for meditation. And then I had to go over here for journaling. And I had, and I just thought, what if I can combine all of this and make it all into one? So you can find everything at work. Um, yes, the affirmation cards will be arriving in April, shipping out by May. Uh, but we have a thing, uh, a thing. <laughs> we have a community and it is the Wordiful membership. So I here in LA, I used to do live events uh, every month. Uh, I used to hold these, basically what we're doing now is these little mini sessions where we could all get together and talk about the things that we're struggling with. And it was an opportunity for me to turn the tables over to the women and for them to discuss how they felt, what they were struggling with, where that disconnect was happening, for them to be able to see that there were other people just like them going through the same things. And so we continue to do that now all online. But in the membership, there's everything. There is the affirmations on audio. There is the journaling prompts. There is meditations. Uh, there is new content. We constantly have guests that are teaching us to grow, like the David Kesslers of the world. There's a podcast. There's a playlist. That's another thing I'm huge on is being mindful. Like our diet isn't just what we consume 
um, through the mouth. It's what we consume through the ears and the eyes. And I'm very mindful of that. So that's another thing I try to create for the community is really positive, uplifting music that we get every month. Um, but again, this is just, I'm just throwing this out there. This is something that I tried to find the things that have changed my life that have been valuable to me and offer them to the community. So I invite you to check it out and see if it's something that is fitting for your lifestyle. But most importantly, I just want to say thank you for your time and attention today. Uh, this is obviously something I'm very passionate about. Um, and, and an even bigger reason is because, like I said, my mother was diagnosed with uh, Alzheimer's and I lost her a year, a year ago. And um, you, in the process, she lost her ability to speak. And you think about what a gift it is to be able to communicate. And we take that gift for granted. So don't undervalue your self-talk. You know, you are your best friend and tell the people you love how you feel about them. And, um, you know, I always say like what I wouldn't have given just to have a conversation with my mom. And I didn't, sorry, I didn't mean to get so emotional, but it is, it's such a gift to communicate. And I held on to every, I love you. And even every time she said my name. So uh, words are so powerful. So I'll leave with that. <laughs> Well, Liz, thank you so much for sharing. You know, I think uh, we're sending you virtual hugs and thank you. for sharing your feelings. And I know that's not easy to do even on a, a virtual Zoom full of strangers, but you're you're showing us the way. So we appreciate your time today and your um, openness. And I think we're looking forward to sticking with you on this journey for, for all of us. So thank you so much, Liz. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I take no shame in my crying. I, I believe it's important to fill your fills. And uh, like I said, it's, it's all part of the healing process. So thank you guys. Thank you for your time and your attention. attention. Uh, thank you to Sweat Life for having me here today. I appreciate everyone uh, in your community and on your staff. Everyone's been so lovely. So thank you. Yeah, I said I'll be on the road. I'll be back. I'm just reaching for a goal. So don't be upset when I'm not around. Just know I'll be back, so no need to frown. This was another episode of We Got Goals and a SweatLife.com production, which is another thing that is better with friends. Thank you to Liz Hernandez for being part of our Sweatworking Summit. Thanks to Ryan Deffitt for editing our audio. And thanks to Ryan Barayuga for creating the video version of this podcast. And thanks to you, our listeners, for being part of our community. We'll see you next week.